0: Well, hello there. I am excited to do our first Q&A here at Learn and Work Smarter. This is going to be the first of many Q and A episodes. Just as a reminder, you can submit any question that you have about your particular situation, whether you're in school or you're in work. It can be as specific as you want it to be. You can submit that on a form at learnandworksmarter.com. It's right there on the homepage. Because this is my first time doing the Q and A episode, I will attempt to answer as many as I can during one episode. Depending on how long it takes me to answer each question, that might be, I don't know, we'll find out this is an experiment. It might be one question. It might be five questions I have a bunch loaded up already right now that have been submitted and so we'll get through as much as we can I'm gonna keep my eye on the timer and probably aim to cap it at 15 to 20 minutes don't know how many questions I will cover in that but stick around even though if this is not your question that you have submitted you will probably get a lot of benefit from hearing questions that other people submit you might think oh my gosh I never even thought to have that question but that is my question so stick around I hope that You get a lot of good stuff from this episode. And again, learnandworksmarter.com is where you'll find the form to submit your own questions that I will happily answer on future episodes. Hello, you are listening to the Learn and Work Smarter podcast, the podcast for students and professionals who want to learn and work smarter. I'm your host, executive function coach and founder of schoolhabits.com, Katie Azevedo. As a reminder, everything I mentioned in today's episode will be linked in the show notes, including a link to the transcript, which you can also find at learnandworksmarter.com slash podcast. So I'm going to read our first question for the episode today. It says, I graduated college three and a half years ago, and I've been in the same job since graduation. I'm definitely not in management, but I'm not entry level anymore either. I have two people who report to me, and I'm on a team with five others. I work from home two to three days a week and go into the office two to three days a week. My problem is that I'm constantly interrupted all day long, whether I'm working at home or at the office. I like the people I work with and don't want to make a bad impression. But how can I tell people I'm busy or can't talk? When I'm constantly interrupted, I get so unfocused and it's hard to focus again. Thank you. I love that you're even asking this question. I'm not using any names here. So, in case you were worried, like, oh, I want to submit a question, but I don't want them to use my name, a name was submitted on this question, but I'm not going to read it. So, if you've submitted this question, you know it's yours. Um, I love this question because it shows that you are valuing your time that's required to do deep thinking and to do work that requires uninterrupted focus. And I think that whether we're students or working, that that type of uninterrupted time is undervalued. And I don't think we talk about it enough. You said in your question that you're not in management, but you're not entry level anymore. I would say that you are kind of in management, especially if you said, what's it say, that you are, you have two people who ro- report to me. So that means you do manage two people, right? You might not be CEO, right? But you are definitely management. Um, This is not an uncommon issue. The question of like, how do I stop distractions? There's all distractions, which we, for the most part, have some control over, right? Put your phone in another room, go to some place that's not going to have a lot of distractions. But what do you do when you're When you're at the office, that seems to be your question. And you also work from home. So I'm assuming that some of your interruptions might be coming from messages that you're getting, whether you guys are using Slack or maybe instant messages or emails or phone calls. Because sometimes we can get more focused time when we work at home, depending on like what's in our home environment. Listen, the bottom line is it is okay to tell people that you are busy and can't talk especially if you are in charge of two other people and you're on a team of I think you said 5 then I think this is an incredible skill or a habit to role model for the people around you and then who knows maybe it'll become normalized behavior to say listen I I I'm busy I can't talk right now and I can you know Reach back out to you in an hour or I can get to that tomorrow or let's chat at four o'clock. I think that we're doing everybody a disservice, ourself included and our companies and those we work with. We're doing a huge disservice. If we are available 24 hours a day at the drop of a hat, anybody can come in and demand our time and attention. The reason that does a disservice to the company is that that's time away from the work that we're being paid to do. I know connecting with colleagues and answering phone calls and writing emails and someone just quickly pops in, hey, do you have a minute? We're inclined to say yes, because that kind of is good for company culture, it's good for personal relationships, but at the end of the day, it's not good for your actual job, right? So I have a suggestion here. I love the idea of office hours. Of course, I didn't invent the idea of office hours, right? But I love the idea of office hours for work. And I can see this working two different ways. You could be really clear and upfront saying that I am available for drop-ins, emails, phone calls, questions, messages, whatever, between the hours of, let's say, 10 and 12 every day, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, between the hours of 12 and 2, Okay, whatever you want your office hours to be, okay? But make them really consistent. Say, I'm available to speak or to, to meet with you and answer your questions on demand, whatever, between these very specific hours. Obviously, if your boss comes knocking, then, you know, you'll drop everything <laughs> and, and respond to your boss. But this is for like people on your team and people that you manage. Another approach could be to say, I'm not available on these days from, I don't know, 10 to 2. Okay. So, maybe it becomes known or you make it known. You just kind of casually, hey, I just want to let you know I have a lot of work to do, and this week I'm not going to be available um, between the hours of 10 and 1. So, if you need me, reach me before that or after that. Okay. And you know what? You might get some resistance, but you might not. Chances are people are going to be like, cool. Like no one cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. No one's going to go. Oh my gosh, I needed you. I really needed you between the hours of 10 and two. And you were unavailable. If you made it clear that you were going to be unavailable for those times, then somebody can wait. Like chances are, unless you're, you know, a firefighter here that there's no actual fire for you to put out. So those are two approaches saying, I'm available 100% for you between these hours each day, or I'm unavailable, but for these hours each day. And then be consistent with this, right? The more consistent you are with letting people know that you're available or unavailable for certain days and certain hours, the less you'll have to explain yourself. And if someone has a question, they might be like, oh, I need to Ask so-and-so a question. Oh, shoot, It's uh, he's not going to get back to me for an hour. So maybe I won't reach out for an hour. I know he's busy for an hour. Or let's say that they do send you an email. That doesn't mean that you need to stop what you're doing and instantly reply to the email. Wait until your office hours are done. The office hours you set for yourself. Put them on a sticky note next to your workspace so that you hold yourself accountable. Resist the temptation to respond to an instant message that comes in. Between your office hours, unless of course it's, it's urgent. It's, it's your boss, but like, Hey, do you have a quick sec? You can either not reply or you can say, Hey, actually, I don't, but, um, how about two o'clock, which might be after your office hours? Does that make sense? I wish more people did this. Um, it would normalize it. And I think that if you start with your people that you manage and your team of five, then maybe they'll start doing it too. And then maybe it'll just create a company culture of like, accepting that people need time in their day to do work and focus so that would be my approach. I did mention really quickly the idea of like in like internal distractions. Did I call it internal distractions or distractions that you're in charge of? So put your phone away, put yourself in an environment where you are less likely to be interrupted. If you are at the office, you could always shut your door. If you have a door, if you're in a cubicle sort of open office setting, you could put your headphones on. Um, even if there's no music or, or sound, just kind of give off the body language that you're focused and I think you don't have to explain yourself all the time, right? We don't have to say like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm unavailable right now because I'm doing this project and it's, say, Hey, I'm actually working on something. How about, uh, can I, can I reach back out in 45 minutes? Can I reach back out in, in an hour? Right. I think that's perfectly acceptable. And I think it's actually a really good practice for us all to get into. Hopefully that answered your question. The second question, how am I doing for time? I'm doing okay. The second question. This is from a student. I love this. I'm graduating from college in May, and I'm starting to look for jobs now so I can have a job after graduation. Yes. I'm a business major with a minor in psychology. Besides finishing strong, updating my resume, and actually applying to jobs, what do you suggest I do between now and graduation that will help me once I have a job? What skills are good to have besides the ones I learned in school? Okay, I like this question. You know why I like this question is that you didn't ask about how to get a job. Okay, because that would be a whole different question. And that I mean you could have asked that, and there's different strategies there, but you asked how to be successful once you have a job. What skills will help you at your job? Now you said you're a business, let me see, a business major with a minor in psychology. So I'm assuming you're gonna do something business, right? It's usually what we do. So I read this question and I liked it and I immediately had five tips for you. And these are strategies that I've written about on schoolhabits.com, the blog, in terms of the skills of the most successful students, the skills that are like life skills. So some of this might be repetitive if you follow the blog at all. But the first tip I have is to be resourceful. That is a skill, to learn how to be resourceful. Resourcefulness is a skill that will lead you to success at whatever job you end up in, okay? Being resourceful means learning how to ask questions if you need clarity, but it also involves learning how to figure things out for yourself, right? It's one thing, let's say you're at a new job and you don't know how to do something, it's okay to ask, it's okay to say, hey, I um, where can I go for more information about this? I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. Could you help me with this process or whatever? It's fantastic to ask questions. But you're going to be a much more valuable employee if you do some of the legwork first by yourself before you ask your question. So for example, instead of just coming up to your manager and saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. Could you train me on this? You could say, hey, I was confused on this. So I tried A, B, and C. Didn't seem to work. What am I missing? What do you recommend? But show that you took some initiative up front before you went asking questions, okay? Of course, sometimes you need to ask questions right out of the gate, right? And especially if they're right there and the moment is right and you're in a training session, ask questions. But if it's something that you were sent off to go do as part of your job requirement and you don't know how to do it, figure out how to figure out how to do it. And if you really get stuck, then... Approach your person who has the information with, hey, I tried this first. Where can I go from here? The next skill that's going to make you a really valuable employee, and it's actually just going to make your job easier, I think, is to be dependable. Do what you said you're going to do when you said you were going to do it. So being a dependable employee, someone who shows up and follows through and does what they're asked to do, that sounds like it's just basic Job 101. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't do what they're supposed to do when they say they're going to do it because they don't have the systems in place that lead to you being able to complete or do what you said you were going to do when you were going to do it. Right? So you need task management, you need time management systems. Those Systems, those two systems, there's more, but task management and time management together will create accountability for yourself. Where you're keeping track of things and deadlines and what, what what is expected of you, right? Being dependable makes you an incredible employee. Number three, being organized. So uh your digital files and asset, you should have a system for managing the things that are related. To your job. You probably have a personal email account, or maybe it's on Google, right? And you've got you've got your Google Docs, Google um, Drive, all your Gmail, whatever, maybe you're using Outlook, whatever. Keep your personal stuff separate from your work. Okay. And start using out of the gate an organization system for your digital assets. So folders that are named a certain way. You can make adjustments as you go, right? As you start a job, you don't always know what type of organization structure is going to work for you best, but start with something. Start naming your files a a certain way using a naming convention. That means that every single time you have a certain type of document, you name it a certain way, what it is or what project it's related to. Okay, if you have a job where there's a lot of like paper things, then have a filing system. It sounds like archaic, but have a filing system for your papers. If you're suddenly meeting a ton of contacts through your job and you're supposed to keep track. I'm just thinking business, like you're supposed to keep track of who's who right? And you have their email, but you you need to start keeping track of who these people are and what their connections are and what accounts they're related to, whatever. Maybe you personally need to create a system for keeping track of of your network. And eventually you won't need that because you'll know your network, right? But sometimes organization isn't just files and papers, it's people as well, right? Another thing that is related to organization is SOPs. Start organizing or creating and organizing SOPs, standard operating procedures. So if you have a component of your job that is repetitive and you're doing it maybe like every week or once a month, and there's particular steps that you need to follow in order to complete that task, then write them down in a Google Doc. First do this, 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 then this, and this, right? So that way you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you go and do that task. You don't have to say, oh, what do I have to do? How does this work? What step comes first? It's a checklist of the process that you need to follow for some of your standard job tasks, right? Those are called standard operating procedures, and they can help you really stay organized. Number four, get a grip on your tasks by creating a task management system. In a previous episode, I covered Some basics of task management systems. So your task management system has to be more than a basic to-do list. If you've never used a task management system, you're graduating college soon. So I'm assuming you've used a task management system where you wouldn't be probably successfully graduating college, right? But in the workforce, you're gonna need something a little bit different. It's still gonna need a place for you to capture all of the things that you need to do but you might have more projects in the workforce than you did in school versus like assignments that are due in like you know one one or two days for work sometimes it's an ongoing project that's like fluid and moving and there's different people who are involved in different parts of the project and deadlines get shifted around and you're working with a team, you might need a task management system that's a little bit more robust than what you used in school. I've mentioned this on previous episodes and no, I'm not sponsored or an affiliate or anything, but I'm a real big fan of Asana, A-S-A-N-A. I mean, you can pay for it too, but the free level is like fantastic. The learning curve is really, really simple. That might be something that you could look into, but having a task management system right out of the gate um, is is awesome. And then number five, I know you're asking what skills would help you be successful at your job. And I really think the skill of self-assessment is critical to be successful at your job, to be successful in relationships, in school, in whatever it is that you are trying to do. So the ability to pause once in a while, I don't know, maybe monthly, right? It depends how often you wanna do this and to say to yourself, what is working? What is not working? What do I want? What do I not want? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? Where can I put in more energy where can I remove some of my energy? Where do I need to focus more? The ability to pause and look at our systems and look at how we are operating as a human in our environment, as you in your job, and to say what is working and what's not working, that is a magic superpower because the opposite of that is just someone to not recognizing that things aren't working and then just trying to plow ahead. And that leads to overwhelm. That leads to falling behind. That leads to just, like, that's like, um... Christmas lights that you have like one little tangle, right? And you don't acknowledge it. You're like, oh, they'll untangle. It'll be fine. And then before you know it, everything's in a tangle because you started with one tangle and didn't admit that it was a tangle. I don't know if that analogy works. It worked wonderfully in my head. (laughs) Maybe not so much as it came out of my mouth. But you have to develop the skill of pausing and saying, am I headed in the right direction? And if you are not, be resourceful, which was tip number one, and make an adjustment. Um, I hope that those tips help. I think it's amazing that you're even asking this question. The fact that you are asking this question tells me right off the bat that you are going to be a valuable employee. Because a lot of times people who are graduating college are like, hey, how can I make the most money? And you're being like, hey, how can I have the most success in my new job? What skills will I need? And you didn't even say a specific job. You're just looking for like, human skills that will make you a good worker and I think that is that is incredible remember you can submit your own questions at learn and there is a form on the home page I am going to wrap up today's episode after these two questions I had one more I thought I would get to but we are pushing the time limit so I'll save that one for February's Q&A episode and please follow the show leave a review if you find it helpful and remember never stop learning